0: This is, this is the beginning of a, of a series called uh, Against the Wind. I think maybe uh, I got the idea. I was listening to the radio. I'd go back and forth between, between uh, Buffalo and here doing ministry. And, and there's an old song by a guy named Bob Seger. Anybody remember that? Against the Wind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody likes so a yeah. <laughs> and, is, and I don't even know what this song is about. But this, this line keeps reoccurring, Against the Wind. And at least in my mind it, it kind of created this picture of, of of living working in an environment where it was you know things weren't all that easy uh, on the on the on the email i don't know how many of you get the email i wrote about how often in years years past uh i was a runner i you know the marine corps always made you run okay i don't know why you know, uh, because they, 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 they always, did, they said, well, we never retreat. I'm not sure what the running was for. But anyway, we, we ran a lot and we exercised and did, did that kind of thing. And, and every once in a while, we'd either, I'd either go out for a race or a physical fitness test. And wouldn't you know it, they picked, they picked the route that you had to run a mi- uh, three miles or a mile and a half, depends on, on what, and it was into the land. And I don't know how much it really affected you, but it affected you up here. And it made it really hard. And it was always, it was always cool if you had the, the idea that you could, you know, we we're a mile and a half up, and we turn around and come back. Okay? At least you could run like, with your back to the wind. And, and there was always that desire not to run against the wind, but to run with the wind. And I said on the email sometimes that, that, that pressure against us, and it's not about, we're not, I'm not really talking about jogging, when when I talk about uh, this this series that that I'm beginning, Against the Wind, I'm really talking about the culture that we're living in. Living a a life of godly faith in a culture that's hostile and growing even more so. And and, and I guess that's what I pictured when I saw this whole thing Against the Wind. Uh, There's always going to be a temptation to not... Push against the culture because it's harder. Okay? Running against the wind, living in a hostile environment is always a little harder. Right? And there's always a temptation to take an easier route. Okay? And and you have that opportunity to do that. Living for Christ is not always an easy thing, it's a wonderful thing. But there are, there are challenges. Anybody know that? That there are challenges to get up every day and do the, do it again. You go into work and there's an issue. There's temptations in your life. There's there's struggles there's struggle because there's struggles, there's always this temptation to make it to, to take a shortcut etc. These are the pressures, these are the winds that blow against us as we try to live, as we're called to live. In, in, in an environment a, a, a live a faith, Conscience, conscious and sincere faith in Jesus Christ in the midst of difficult things. Okay? Now, the truth is, when I talk about difficult things, um, you know, we're, we're in pretty good shape here, folks. What I mean by that is, is we, have, we have a constitution, we have a, we have a national uh, uh, pattern and history where uh, Christian faith is, is not only tolerated but embraced. And that's shifting. That's shifting right now. But there are many places in the world where that's never been so. If you look biblically, none of the environments that the early church came out of was an environment that embraced Jesus. None. Uh, Israel didn't? Obviously not. not as, as Paul and Barnabas slipped through Asia Minor and, and went, went, went west... You know, they were, you might say, their, their heels were being nipped at by detractors all the way. There were times of peace. There were times where there was success. But it always came back around, right? Okay? So we, we quite frankly, we live in an environment where there's a lot of... this. In some respects, it should be pretty easy to live our faith, but we don't. Okay? All right, so... Um, and I thought that with with the first with the first in the series, you know, I guess next week I'm going to talk about I, I, I've entitled tsunami the, the flood the flood of influences that that we have to deal with and we have to deal effectively with them as believers, yeah, young, old, everybody. But today I want to I, I just want to set some 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 basis and says who in the world are you? What are we? When you look in the mirror, what really, I mean, and we, we talked about, er, we, I was over there chatting with some folks, and so what do you see, Pastor? And I see, well, I see an old man. I see a guy that's not the same as, you know, I'm thinking, I'm looking, who are you? Yeah? In my mind, I'm still like 19, and I want to run. I want to do these things. I want to, you know, play football, da, da 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 da. But the guy I see in the mirror can't do that anymore. And I say, who is that? Okay? Anybody else with me on that? Yeah. You know, so, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and some are just lying to themselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's that's who we are. But the the real thing is, who are we in Christ? What are we? Okay. And I just some, pulled some passages of scripture, uh, and let me, let me I, I guess I'm a little unprepared. By the way. Um. um the missionary will be back upstairs in a little while, to, um, and I sent her down to be with the the kids because today is what BGMC Sunday, right? I mean, I hope you, uh, you you maybe it's a little bit too late to tell parents and kids need to have something to the buddy barrels and all that stuff, and and that's all about raising money for missions. It's really about fulfilling, doing our part to fulfill. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Go into all the world and teach and preach the gospel. There, there are, uh, What did we say? There are typically three ways that we can be involved in ministry, in, in missions. Right? We can pray, and we did that. So Wednesday night we gathered around that, that those those pictures in there, and we and we just interceded for our missionaries. Okay. We can do that. We can do that not only there, we can do that at home. Be it In your personal prayer life, you can pray. You can lift up, you know, collect some of these things. Now, she, she's probably going to have little cards and stuff. Grab one of these things and put them in your Bible so that when you go to prayer, you have somebody to pray for. And make a collection of all the ones that you have and other things. And so you have some people to pray about and that you're part of that. Pray, that's one way. Uh, you can give, okay? We do that too. We can participate in the winning of the lost by giving of our resources and sending people, right? Yeah, we do that. We do that. Or we can go. On occasion, we send people to missions. Yeah, on missions, we've got the potential and the the capacity to, to do a mission trip to Haiti in January. Is that is it? Are we are we behind the curve on that? Yeah, it's January, February, January, February, joining with Kidder Church. Okay get her church and some of the guys that are going up there. Now, this is more of a construction, it's not a whole lot of uh, sharing your faith. I guess that that's that's up to them, but there's there's some hands-on stuff you can do and I think it costs about a 1000 bucks. Now, that's between now and mid now and then you could you could kind of raise that if you if you felt God was calling you there. So, there there's there's, there's giving, there's praying, there's going. There are probably other ways to support, but those are the three primary. And we ought to be involved in one of those or more. Everybody. If you're a believer, you ought to be involved in one of those. Or at least, at least uh, typically, most, you could be involved in all three. All three dimensions. So anyway, all right. Uh, that's, an, uh, that's a missions commercial. It's okay. It's okay. Um, what in the world are you? And I talked about Against the Wind. It's a series about us and, and the world we live in. And if you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, Christ as your Savior, you're a potential target. Did you know that? Okay? Uh, we live in a world, uh, and, and you and I know this, and we, we've got to get this, that has issues with Jesus. They all know Jesus. And, hates, and, and it's not only... It's not, not, very few people are really ambivalent about Jesus, the truth is, come push to shove, push comes to shove. Uh, the, the world hates Jesus, and because you belong to Him, the world may not like you much either. Okay, okay. The Bible tells us that this hatred is tied to actions, to culture, to the way people choose to live, to values, to their choices. Jesus said to his disciples this. He said, "The world hates me because I testify of it, that its deeds are evil." And in John, and that's John seven, John fifteen. They says, "And if they persecute me," Jesus said, "They will persecute you. Those who live godly in Christ Jesus will will suffer persecution." It's true. Now 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 where does this fit in the context of of, of, of our living in say in a in, a, in and you might say a against the wind, against the pressures of culture. Well the cultures bring a lot of things in. And we live in the world, don't we? We live in the world. We enjoy the media that comes and how many of us know that that you really need a filter on that thing? Yeah? Whether it's whether it's I remember the first time I was, we were living in, in, in Northern California, which is like 30 miles out of the, uh, uh, east of uh, San Francisco Bay. And this was like in the, the, uh, the, the mid-90s. And, and I was watching news in the morning. And, and a commercial for, you know, um, improvements, body improvements, came on. As far as I'm going to go with that. Uh, came on. I was, I was horrified. I mean, this is not late night TV. And I'm thinking, wow! But now that's that's quite common, okay? That we live in the, in the context of a flood, and we're if we're not careful, we can get, you know, we're here, we're in this. Somehow, some way, we we don't need to be inoculated to influences inoculated so we don't feel them don't see them don't understand the influences ok alright who in the world are we what are we now the, the time is long past when we should have walked and lived as light in a dark world does that make sense now the scripture tells us not, I've been doing this on Wednesday nights oh by the way Wednesday nights prayer meetings I don't know guys where are you I, you know, uh, it, we we get together on Wednesday nights and we pray, and we, it's an hour. It's an hour, and and it's a, and it's a good thing, and it's a powerful thing. And so, I want to invite you out again to come and be a part of that. Maybe it gives you a break, a a shot in the arm, shot in the spirit in the middle of the week. Okay, so we're in there, and 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 on Wednesday nights, I've been talking just briefly. I usually give a devotion, and we've been in Ephesians four, and one of the things in Ephesians four says. You know, hey, look, I, I I encourage you to walk not as the unbelievers. He called them Gentiles. I, I encourage you to walk not as them, but as people of God. In other words, walk or and that's his way of saying live. Experience life and enjoy and, and deal with each other uh, da 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 uh, in, in in the context of of, of a of, of of the life that you have been called to live. Okay? which which makes for some change. So when when we look at this passage and we say, well, why, do, why does the world hate Jesus? Why does the world have issues with Jesus? Well, uh, it's it's an interesting thing. Many people will, will look at Jesus and, and, and speak of him in, in glowing kind of. He was a nice guy. He was a prophet. He did these things and he did he fed the poor. You know, all these things. But they will draw the line and say, when he says, "I'm God." And when he, when, he was, when he was standing there in the, in, the, in the face of people who were against him, he says, you hate me because your deeds are dark. Now, well, he's not talking about color. He's talking about the darkness of sin. In other words, you want to live in a certain way, and I'm against that, and so you have problems with me. The same and if you read throughout the scriptures, that's usually the problem that people have. We code it with everything else. We cover it up with ideas of civil rights and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the reality is, God draws a particular line in the sand and says, walk herein. The, the prophetic utterance tonight, or the, this, this morning, uh, about God has provided a narrow road. A, a walk A path of righteousness. He says, follow me. He tells us that that there are many paths, right? Wide is the road that leads to what? Destruction? But narrow is the path that leads to righteousness and eternal life. What's the path? Jesus is the door. Jesus is the path. The world offers many options. All right. Scripture. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16. I believe that should be up there. Okay. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ uh, according to, to the flesh. Yet we we know yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things have all behold new things have come. Another translation: All things have become new. Now, this is just one little snapshot of many other that that is related to many other passages in the Scripture where God is saying or 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 or, uh, communicating to us that something is is different. It's uh, other than just look. Just because you've come to church doesn't mean okay. Well, I've joined the church and I've done that, and I'm just a better man. Okay, it it helps me to live better, etc. No. It's not only that, when you become a Christian, when you step into this, you might say this arena, you've accepted Christ, you become an actual new creation. When you have that encounter with God, Jesus calls it this. He, he uh, when when the when the people gathered around him and the Sanhedrin, the members of the Sanhedrin came to check him out and say, "Look, we all know what's going on here, but we know that you must come from God because nobody could do the things that you're doing except that God be willing. He says, "You've got to be born again." Yeah. Now that I recognize that that term has been used in such a way that we miss the impact of it. What he's really saying is that there's a spiritual birth. And if you read on in that passage, he says, you know, that which is flesh is flesh, that which is spirit is spirit, you've got to be born again. Okay? When you come to Christ, he puts his spirit within you. And things begin to change. Okay? And so what he's really saying, that you're a new crea- creature. You're different than you, And we talk about the old Bill, the old, the old uh, Debbie, the old Valley, the old person, the old Roger, the, and, and how that sometimes we wrestle with that. The truth is, when you become a Christian, you become a new creation. creation. All things, he says, behold, all things become new. All things become new. In fact, the truth is, if you, if you look in the Scripture, God, the Scripture said that God even has a new name for you. Yeah? Some churches across the world have, when a person becomes a Christian, they get a new name in recognition that you're not the same person that you used to be. Paul speaks, of, uh, uh, speaks uh, of, he says, not only are you a new cre- uh, creation, in Ephesians the second chapter verses four, I'm sorry, verse, the second chapter verses fourteen, it says, For he himself is our peace who, 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 who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier in the dividing wall He's talking about the Jews and the Gentiles. By abolishing in his flesh the, the enmity, or the division, the thing that kept them apart, which is the, which is the law of the commandments contained in the ordinances, so that he himself might make the two into one new man, and, and thus establish peace. And might reconcile them both in one body to God through, uh, God through the cross, by, the ha- by having put to death the enmity, and he came and he preached uh, peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For, for through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens and saints, and are of the of God's household. Now, now there are other things in that passage that have to do with the bringing of the uh, of the of, of the Jews and the Gentiles together. But I wanted to, to focus on that one place. You are citizens of the household of God. Amen. I said something the other night that 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 might have gotten some attention. I don't know. I, I may get myself in trouble here. <sighs> if we're citizens of the kingdom of God, then who should we be following? Every 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 kingdom has its laws, doesn't it? I don't want to call it laws. Every every kingdom has its standards. Every one. He says, you're a new creation. He says, you're a citizen of the kingdom of God or the household of God. Okay. Is, is it possible that we could live in a world? Is it possible that we can live in a world where, 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 where the things that God wants in us run contrary to the things that the world says is Okay. Our culture, our community, our, our, even our laws. Is it possible that even our laws say it's okay to do things that God says no? And if we're citizens, you know, who, 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 do, who do we owe our first allegiance to? Okay, okay. Now, you know, obviously not everything is in conflict here. But I guess what I, where, where I'm going here with this is, folks, as, all you have to do is look and see. All you have to do is, you know, it's like unless you, unless you know things are changing, you're not paying attention. Things are changing in our world. Yep. If you lived in Indonesia right now, you'd understand that a little bit better. Indonesians... uh, between Christian churches are being burnt and Christians are being killed. Okay? Believers. People just like you, just like me, who love God, all we want to do is raise our family, enjoy life, right? Okay? Are being killed. Okay? To the tune of 100,000 a year worldwide. Okay? Now, we're pretty well insulated That We can kind of smugly sit back and say, "Then." And it's cool. God, you know, we didn't create this. God did, and and we're here. But these things are, these things, I believe these kinds of things will come to us. Okay? And as a pastor, I want to make sure, okay? I'm not just preaching a kind of a, as a, a popular message here. I, this is about preparing you and drawing a line and saying, okay, where, where will you stand? I'm not, I'm not here to invoke fear because, you know, perfect love casts out all fear. And, and, and no one can take you out of the hand of God. But tough times. We're not exempt from tough times. In spite of what the theology of, of various, various organizations throw out, throw out. If you just have enough faith, you're not going to have problems. I don't get that. I don't see that in Scripture. I don't see that in Scripture. I see a God who is able to keep us in the midst of difficulty. I see a God who is standing in the boat with us in the midst of the the worst of storms. I see a God who says, you are are protected, you are in my hand. I see a God that even if our ship goes down, he has a plan for you and for me. We don't want these things to happen. But ours is not to, ours is to, you know, they are coming, though. He says, so you are no longer aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and of God's household. So what I'm saying is that there's, there comes a time. There will come a time, and perhaps you experience this now. Uh, I, I understand sometimes the influences. I remember I had an uncle, and there was something about money that was, uh, you know, belonged to somebody else, and he and his, influ- his, his idea was, boy, I, should, I, I wouldn't have given it back. I would have, you know, slippery slam, Sam, you know, he would have taken off with it. Um, the culture, our culture will say, you grab all the gusto. Okay? Culture will say is that you take advantage of your situation. Our culture will say that that um, that the things that God says about marriage and mar- marriage relationships violates, violates righteousness and civil rights. Our culture will say that if you, stand, if you stand for the things that God says, that makes you a hater. <laughs> okay. This is where we're going. This is just one element of many one element of many it's a, it's 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 a pivotal point it's one element of many god's not called us to hate hate people may it, he the scripture is clear it tells teaches us to hate the deeds but to hate people would be to, it would be to, to be anti god god loves people god loved you when you were yet a sinner running from him doing your own thing right I know it's kind of hard for people to separate that loving people, hating sin and what it does to them but that's what God calls us to do and to follow him in righteousness and faith. We are members of, of, we are fellow citizens with God. In John, the first John, verse John chapter 3 verse 1 it says see how the greater love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God and such we are. For this reason the world does not know us because it did not know him. Children of God, not only are you a new creation, completely a new creation, you may have looked like the old guy or the old gal that you used to be, but you're a new creation. You know that. You've been changed. Not only are you a citizen of a new country, a citizen of a new kingdom, but now it says that you're the child of God. That is pretty cool. The thing is, is that that puts you in a place where people will hate you. And it doesn't make sense, does it? That kind of stuff never makes sense to me. Usually when, when that kind of conflict doesn't make sense, there, there's something else at work. Anybody else, you know, it's like, okay, you know, it's like you're, you're looking at a problem and all the, the, the logical explanations don't make sense. But the, the scripture tells us clearly: it says that we can be get so spiritually depraved that we can get to the place where we, where we call good evil and evil good. How do you get so twisted? How do you get so twisted? Well, spiritual spiritual entities and and, and forces have to be involved in that. Get to where you know it's, it's kind of like the whole thing of a uh, 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 whole thing of. Yeah, the, I don't want to bring in every every social aspect of, but in our world, don't kill the whales, but we're we're massacring small children. Yeah, they. Like, I and, and and we're thinking, how come we don't? How come the world doesn't get this? How is it that we miss this? Because we're not in this alone, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and high places. It's, it's the effect of the darkness and the blinding, blinding nature and the power of sin. Okay, folks, if you don't know it, we're in a fight for our lives and for the life of the people around us. Okay, and the force and the wind is heavy against our face, and, and is blowing harder. You're the children of God. And as such, God in Christ Jesus calls us to be light, the light of the world and a place of darkness. Can I just share? Wow. Just Second Corinthians. I don't know if this is... How about this? Let me read this. Second Corinthians chapter 6. It's not back there. I didn't give it to him. Um, if, you'll, if, you'll, if you've got a Bible, just run to that real quick. Second Corinthians chapter 6, this verses 11 through 18, he says, Our mouth has spoken freely to you. In other words, we've taught you. We've, taught, we've spoken freely to you, O Corinthians. Your heart is open wide. You're not restrained by us, but you're restrained by your own affections. The things you love keep you from doing the right thing. Did did you catch that? You're restrained by your own affections. Now in in like exchange, I speak as to children. Open wide to us also. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? And what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial, Belial? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has, has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as, just as God said. I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst, and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean. And I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me. Now, that's some tight stop there. But we live in the world. But what he is, he's drawing the line in the sand. says, you are a peculiar people. That doesn't mean are nod. Okay? That's it's like some Christians are weird not. Anybody know people like that? I think there are people who think I'm weird nod, but uh, <laughs> that I'm weird or not. But, uh, you know, the scripture calls it, and this, I guess it's a King James translation, a peculiar people. What he's saying, a unique people called out for God's purpose. And in Ephesians four, then I'll wrap up with this. He says, "Don't don't live like this. Don't live like the unbelievers. You've been changed. See, this is not about being saved. When you became, when you accepted Jesus, you were saved." The Holy Spirit came into you. You were saved. Now, he says, now don't conform to the world but be transformed by, by, the, by, by be, be transformed by the, the presence and the power of God in your life. By the renewing of your mind. See? Right, as we, okay, here here's where we're going. Here's where we're going with this passage. here's where we're going with this sermon this is like the, okay, we're gonna, uh, for the next four weeks I'm going to talk about against the wind living against the wind in the, in the face of, of pressures in the face of the things that are coming next week I'll be talking about you might say the flood of influences and how to deal with that but, but let, let's know this God has called you to be something different than the world okay and I know I know I know that we as modernists, stand with me if you will, we as modernists have a tendency to just kind of categorize everything. We don't want to get too religious here, right? Anybody with me on that? <laughs> and I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, if anybody thought of us being, being, okay? Many of us don't want to, we'll go to church on Sunday, hang out, but, you know, you know, but God has called us to a place of purity he's called us to a place of holiness he's called us to a place he calls it a narrow road now why does he call it a narrow road narrow because the people who walk on it is narrow minded no I don't think so it's narrow because it excludes the animations of the world you know the influences of the world I mean the filth that we that that, that comes our way through our media you know I remember as a little boy I think she was a substitute teacher I guess I was in first grade she probably didn't have much of a of a of a lesson plan to follow or maybe she was so much a believer and so old that she didn't care I don't know but she would gather us as a group I remember this woman. I can't remember what she said, but I think it was God. She and I remember her. I, I, there and she was a substitute. I mean, tell me that God doesn't have servants in the world that can can that can that can affect and afflict and change other people. A substitute. I don't know how many times I saw, but I remember her. I don't remember my first grade teacher. I do remember the one that slapped me. (laughs) But I remember her. God has called us to be that kind of person. A light in a place of darkness. And the narrow road is simply a road. It's narrow because we're following Jesus. We're not following Buddha. We're not following some other group over here, whatever. We're not following ourselves. We're not calling our own shots. We're saying, God, where you go, I will follow. What does that look like? I'll talk about that in the next few weeks. I'll talk about more specifically what it looks like. Not in the way of saying, okay, now here, here's a list of things that you need to do. Okay? Okay? far more it's 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 far more flowing and relationship based than just a list of rules follow me follow me he says and I'll make you fishers of men it's not the only thing he makes us when we follow him he'll put his light within us that's why he can look at his disciples At some point he's at some point early in the ministry he says, I'm the light of the world. Later on he said, You're the light of the world. And he who he who has this will not walk in darkness. Sin is here to destroy the world. It has come in the guise in the in the guise of tolerance. It's come in the guise of, of civil liberties it's come in the guise and, and under, the, under the lies that the enemy would bring. And the whole world has gone after them. You and I don't need to. But it will put us in a place of hostility. And we need to know that. We need to know what we believe. We need to know who we are. So when the hostility comes, we don't fold. We don't fold. We stand because we know. We know. We know. Amen? If you're here today, you've never given your heart to Christ, you have no idea what, so you just sat through 35, 45 minutes of me, and you're saying, what did he say? I'm talking to you about Jesus. Come to Christ. Let him take your sins away. Let him put you on this path. Guess what? What you've tried hasn't worked anyway, and you know that pretty miserable a life of sin a life of self-service is really miserable but a life in Christ is satisfying it's joyful He gives you direction He gives you peace we're going to worship we're going to sing anyone who wants a period of time around the, the altars for prayer you come if you're here and you've never given your heart to Christ meet me here and I'll pray with you if you've never given your heart to Jesus or if you're living in, in a, uh, living contained and obliterated by sin, your life is basically you. You would I'm not making this assessment. You're making this assessment. I'm not living for God. You want to live for God. You want your sins removed. Come, I'll pray with you. God will do that in Christ Jesus. Come, let's worship.